Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Uh, just before Christmas, mm-hmm. there were some serious tornadoes. There was uh, one in particular that was, uh, as I understand, probably perhaps from our folks here in LCMS disaster response, the worst that they've seen in their time mm-hmm. in in disaster response. So today we're going to head back to Kentucky. We had a chance to talk with one of the congregations in the area. Today we head back to Kentucky and talking with our friend Pastor Appold at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Paducah, Kentucky. Pastor Appold, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Yeah, happy to be on the Coffee Hour. Good morning to both of you. So our listeners may recognize your voice (laughs) because uh, you're on Sharper Iron regularly here on KFUO. May hear you maybe on some other programs as well. You uh, are so gracious and your congregation is so gracious in sharing you with us so that we can study God's Word. Today, we get to actually hear more about what's happening at St. Paul and particularly life in Paducah. Can you paint a picture for us? Help us understand the community of Paducah and the surrounding communities as well in Kentucky. We are far Western Kentucky people here. And uh, what that means is that we're sort of, to some extent, kind of on an island in the in the state of Kentucky anyways. Um the big cities that are that your listeners are going to be familiar with are Lexington and Louisville and Frankfurt, where the you know that's the capital where kind of the seat of politics is. That's that's really central and eastern Kentucky and um, western Kentucky University is actually in Bowling Green, but that's still I'm I'm even two hours west of there, so I'm far we're far western Kentucky and Paducah is you know I would say it's a it's a you know, size is relative, right? But I, I think Paducah is a, it's a good sized city here in the, in our, in our city. There's uh, around 40,000 uh, people who live in the city, within the city of Paducah and within the county, then there's about 65,000, 67, I think was the number uh, I saw last. And so Paducah is the, um, is the county seat of McCracken County. We are right on the Ohio River, right on the border between Illinois and Kentucky. So a lot of river industry uh, is heavy here. The big employer in previous years was a uranium enrichment facility called USEC. Hmm. And I can't, uh, now that I say that acronym, I can't think of what those, those letters stand for. Um, but that was, that was, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that was the major kind of player here. And uh, now it has, there's not uranium enrichment going on there anymore. It's still open. There's still some things happening there, but that's no longer the major employer. So big, big things in Paducah are the Ohio River, lots of barge industry stuff here. There's a couple of hospitals in town. So we have lots of medical, medical professionals here. And then just kind of all the, all the stuff you would expect in a, uh, you know, 45,000 person um, city, We've got a mall, and uh, <laughs> I guess that's a big deal. And the the courthouse is here. So I, I don't know if that paints a picture of other questions you have about Paducah. Sounds like a great place that I want to go visit now. I like I like river cities and, and malls. Malls are still a thing in some places too. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Now like like every like most malls, you know, when you go in there there's a bit of uh, hollowness to it. Right, but right. you know, there there still are some things there. And uh, Paducah has, you know, when I when I came here, I'm from Michigan, and my my father's a pastor in Michigan. All of my family's in Michigan. My wife's family 
it's from Michigan. And so when on call night uh, at the Fort Wayne Seminary, they say, David Uppold, uh, Paducah, Kentucky. And I'm like, what in the world? But we love it. We absolutely love it in Paducah. It's a great place. I have five children and um, a wonderful place to raise kids. And uh, St. Paul's has been a, a great place for me to uh, carry out my ministry here. Now, mentioning St. Paul's, tell us about how St. Paul's, uh, the, the the community of St. Paul's fits into the wider community of Paducah. Sure. The, the Lutheran presence here uh, is not particularly, uh, what's the right word, dense. Okay. Um, so we are the, the closest Missouri Synod congregation to me. And uh, to some people, this might sound like a, a long distance. And to others, it might be like, oh, that's not, that's just normal. The closest congregation to me is in Murray, Kentucky, which is about 45 minutes an hour south of me. And mm-hmm. so that, that just gives you a sense. It's not, you know, you're not going, there's not multiple LCMS congregations around here. There is another, there's an ELCA congregation in town here called St. Matthew's, which in the past, like, in the distant past, uh, they used to, we used to share a pastor, you know, in the, in the days before the ELCA mm-hmm. uh, came into existence when things were uh, much more um, symbiotic, I guess you could say. But those days are long past. There's another, there's another small, I think it's called the LCMC, Lutheran Congregations for Mission in Christ. They have a congregation here. But St. Paul's is the, the major Lutheran um, congregation in Paducah. And, uh, you know, as most, most places in the, the Bible belt here, uh, heavily Baptist church of Christ, uh, non-denominational, that's kind of the majority of the, the denominational representation here. So we are a, a bit of a, you know, quote unquote minority, uh, but that does provide us. I always try to frame it this way. What we have, what we offer to the community is truth and is unique in that we have a, sac- a sacramental, liturgical, historical, creedal life as a congregation. How have tornadoes been a part of life for uh, for your congregation and for the community? I mean, I you know, I grew up here in the Midwest, so we're somewhat, <laughs> you know, we're familiar with with tornadoes. Are they common in that part of of the state? Well, yeah, not 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 really. Uh, now, what I've been hearing people say uh, since the tornado, what, a month ago now, it was kind of middle of December is that, you know, they're talking about the Tornado Alley. When I hear Tornado Alley, I think of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Kansas, maybe a little bit of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing from people is that, well, now that's moving uh, a little further east. And that could be. But we had not had, well, I take that back. I think there was a tornado three or four years ago that did, that really was across the river in southern Illinois. But you know, it just like you said, like you said, Andy, okay, there's a tornado watch, there's a tornado warning. What's the difference between those two again? You know, it was never common enough that we really paid all that close of attention. At least I didn't, you know, speaking personally here, even on that Friday, we had a, uh, we, the, the reports were, you know, conditions are going to be right for a tornado. Well, I've heard that many times, you know, and so we had at, at my house that night, we had my board of elders came over. We had our Christmas um, party every December. We have a little Christmas party at the house. And then they all went home and, and then we turned on the weather. And we, I, my wife and I, I, don't, I, I think I'll never forget this. We were just watching 
the weather the weathermen saying this is one of the worst tornadoes they had ever seen and probably for half an hour to an hour we just sat there watching the the weather channel and there you know thankfully it was um, about a half an hour south of me and so i'm just watching the path of this tornado and thinking through my members and thinking who is in the path of this tornado i was sending all kinds of uh, text messages and hoping to to get a response from them uh, but it that was a first for me it was not uh, tornadoes are not a common thing for us so how did the tornadoes impact uh, the communities around you you mentioned that this was about a half an hour from where you live how did yeah. it impact those communities uh what south of you is that right Correct. Right. So uh, Mayfield is probably the the city that our listeners have heard and seen the most of. President Biden came to Mayfield. Uh, was it right after? I think it was right after Christmas. Could have been the week before. I forget the exact dates now. But Mayfield is the, the city that was really hit the hardest in that the tornado went right through the downtown of Mayfield. And so the the destruction of that tornado, the force of those winds, was incredible. I mean, it's still driving through there. It's you just look around and it's amazing how how strong the wind is. You know, seeing trees get knocked over is one thing, but when you see buildings just totally turn to rubble, all the all the bricks, it looks like, you know, somebody took the bricks apart by hand and trees just snapped in half by the wind is amazing. It's amazing. What was the impact uh, on your congregation? Was was there anybody that was directly impacted from your own community? We had we had a couple. So again, Mayfield, just so uh, the listeners kind of have this idea, and Mayfield's about forty five minutes south of Paducah, thirty minutes forty five, depending on how fast you drive, I guess, <laughs> how how traffic is. Um, and so we had one member. I have a few members who live in Mayfield, and one of our members, their house was impacted to some degree now not total devastation but they had like a chimney um, that got knocked over a couple of their pillars that were holding up their front kind of balcony were were moved which is kind of amazing to because you see these pillars and we're talking about you know what two three foot diameter pillars somehow get moved by the wind but but they were okay they they didn't they lost power of course they lost water for a while there, but, but their home was not destroyed and they've been able to stay in their house. I also have a a member, uh, a young family, uh, further east. So when the tornado kind of went through Western Kentucky here, it was going, it came up through Tennessee and it was moving kind of North and East. And so it kept going North and East and eventually it got all the way over to Bowling Green, which I mentioned earlier. And the path that it took, it went uh, kind of right right along I-69, if our listeners are, have ever traveled through this part of the world, they've gone through I-69 there, and it kind of just followed that path. Mm-hmm. And so a small city there called Princeton, and I have members who drive, they're probably my furthest away members, they drive from Princeton to, to Paducah uh, for church, and their house was much more severely damaged. They They had to get they, fortunately, they have family who live in the area, and so they've been staying with their family. But they, their house was damaged enough that they couldn't stay there. You know, and they they're going to need to have lots of contractors uh, come in. I think that work has already actually begun for them, which is which is great. 
Well, it sounds like your congregation was, there were certainly a few families impacted, but it, it wasn't devastating to the whole congregation. We'll learn more about right. the, the impact of the, the tornado on your congregation, your community, and how your congregation is reaching out to serve and, and being a blessing to those surrounding communities in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Pastor David Uphold, pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Paducah, Kentucky, discussing the uh, the recent tornado that uh, happened back in December, I believe, and uh, just a very devastating tornado for those who were impacted by it. Now, Pastor, you had mentioned that uh, only a couple of families in your congregation were directly impacted by this. And mm-hmm. and already seeing uh, the you know some response for them in terms of uh, contractor and, and things like that helping out to to bring their home back to where it needs to be for them to return home. What about the 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 surrounding community like Mayfield and other communities? They were impacted pretty significantly. It was it was pretty devastating for those communities. What's the the, the connection between Paducah and Mayfield? And how are these, how are the surrounding communities helping? Yeah, it's, uh, so they are, Graves County is uh, the county just to the south of uh, McCracken County. And I'm told that that used to be the big football rivalry. It was <laughs> Mayfield, Mayfield versus Paducah. That was, and it, I think it still is, but I have young children, so I, I'm not quite as clued, clued in about the, the county athletics here, but it is, it is a close uh, a close knit community, and so when it when when you drive down to Mayfield and you drive through it, it's I mean it's 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 just the downtown that city square downtown there in Mayfield is just kind of totally wiped out now not not completely it's not that every brick has been taken down but it's it's pretty major just so you have some sense. My member who lived there, whose home was affected, the husband and wife were talking with me and she said, you know, when we, when we finally got out and we were driving around, she said, we were two blocks from our house. And I turned to my husband and I said, where are we? Mm. Um, Two blocks from home. And the reason she said that is because all of the landmarks, all of the buildings, the street signs even are just all mangled. They're all ripped down. So, um, yeah, the, your heart, when you, when you drive through it, your heart just goes out to these people who many have lost everything. I, I don't know what the total casualty count is at this point, but there were, there were plenty of stories of people who families that were separated, couldn't find their loved ones and, and some were reunited and others uh, sadly were not. Mm-hmm. That must be a very disorienting feeling to, to live in a place yeah. and then, and then, uh, in such a short amount of time, uh, everything that, that you know is 
no yeah. longer there. Yeah. Uh, a a yeah. lot of, yeah. a lot of so, grief. Right. So then, you know, pretty quickly, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I checked on my members, everybody, no, no one was hospitalized. No one was physically hurt. Homes are okay for the most part. You know, I mentioned this one family. And so pretty quickly, uh, our attention gets turned then to, all right, we know that our people, we know what's going on with our people. Now, what can we do? What, where do you even start? Because you just see the, the, you know, a house that's completely, you know, it, like, let's say there was a, a tree falls down on a house. Okay. You got to move the tree. But if the whole house is just caved in, what do you, what do you even do? You know, what do you do? And so that's, this all happened on a Friday, a Friday night. And on the next day, Saturday, I'm sort of, you know, sitting here in Paducah trying to think, what, what do we do? What's the congregation's response? What's our role? And it's one of those things where you just, I think looking back on it, um, there was nothing to do, but everybody wanted to do something. You know, you want to rush in, you want to help. And, but the, the way to help is requires lots of big machines and lots of heavy equipment. And you have to have time even just for looking for bodies, looking for, you know, helping to reunite families. And so it's, it's, a it's a reminder of, you know, in some ways it's, it's humbling to live through something like this. You remember how small you are because you can't do anything, mm -hmm. at least not right away. And that's a, that's a, it's a hard thing to go through, but it's also good because you, you learn, yes, uh, even though I'm small, even though my powers are uh, insufficient, God will provide and he orders these things. He's going to, his providence governs even things that are way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. How has St. Paul's been able to respond to the needs of the community? Yeah, so so um, it was really great on Monday, that next Monday, Ross Johnson, who's the head of uh, LTMS Disaster Relief, and our district president, Roger Pavola, called me and said, uh, David, we want to drive through, we want to assess the situation, we want to see what's going on and talk about how the Synod can help. And so... We got in the car and drove over to Mayfield and drove through and we're just looking around. And I think that's when Ross said, yeah, this is maybe the worst I've ever seen. And so that just gave me some sense of he, he sees this frequently, this kind of stuff. This is his job. And for him to say that, it was like, OK, this was this was not, you know, a quote unquote run of the mill tornado. This is a big one. And so what what we've done is largely uh, is to partner with the the LCMS disaster relief teams. I think the acronym is ALERT, L-E-R-T, Lutheran Early Response Teams. And our congregation has been uh, turned into, uh, I told my, my people, uh, it's going to feel like Bethlehem this Christmas uh, with no room in the inn. And it's, it has been uh, incredible to see volunteers from all over uh, come to Paducah, Kentucky, a place that is, like I said before, far western, long way from the major players in, in the state of Kentucky, kind of out on an island by itself. And these people right before Christmas, right after Christmas, right after New Year's, and we've got all kinds of Lutherans coming down uh, who are trained to uh, help clear debris, who are trained to help clear dangerous limbs of trees and, and help people kind of make that initial clearing out so that the next phase, the, the rebuilding phase, can can begin. So would you say St. Paul has, in a sense, become a hub for 
those who are helping in response to the disaster. Yeah, yeah definitely. The, we're a hub. Uh, the parking lot, we've installed these. They asked me, you know, do you have showers? Well, no, we don't have showers. But the local gyms have said, yes, you can. You, these volunteers are, are welcome to come in and use our showers. And they ask me, well, do you have places where people can park RVs? Well, church parking lots don't usually have RV parking, you know, <laughs> not an RV camp, but we've set up little, you know, hooked up the sewer and the electric. We've got some great people in our congregation who've worked with um, the volunteers who've come down and, and tried to provide them with whatever they need to be comfortable here to the best of, uh, that we can. We've been serving them uh, food, meals, courses near and dear to to our congregation is being able to provide food so that when the volunteers come back here in the evenings, if, you know, they're well taken care of, uh, they, they get to experience a little bit of uh, some uh, mid-southern, uh, western Kentucky hospitality. So how are these volunteers uh, working in the community, sharing the gospel of Christ uh, with the people who really need it? Yeah, so a big part of it is just going mercy. Right. And the the other organization that works closely with uh, disaster relief is Lutheran Church Charities, which is, I, I believe, from just outside of Chicago. It's kind of headquarters there, maybe in Chicago. And so uh, when the teams go out, uh, they they start with our own congregation. Right. And they try to work through our congregation and people who we know. But uh, in this situation, since it didn't most of our people live in McCracken County, and so we're not immediately affected. So they've actually been going out, making connections with uh, governmental agencies, and just going into neighborhoods and saying, "Hey, do you need? We we are people who are trained uh, chainsaw teams. We have passed background check. We're not uh, scam artists. We're with St. Paul Lutheran Church, and we want to." help you. We want to show mercy to you. One of the things that was interesting to me in going through some of the training here is uh, the difference between saving the day and showing mercy. So no one is going to save the day here. The, the effect is, is too large. Like I said before, you can't, you're not going to save the day, but you can show somebody mercy. And in a lot of cases, that simple act of being there, of being able to provide some kind of uh, trustworthy mercy is that even though it doesn't save the day, do you know what I mean? It does, and it makes a huge difference for people to know there there are people who will show up, who will volunteer, and who will do this uh, in the name of Christ. Because you get, you know, you get uh, FEMA who's going to come in and help you get, and they, they do good things. But what they don't do is say we're with the church, the Christian church, and we're with St. Paul Lutheran Church. We're here because we're Lutherans, and we we. Jesus says to love our neighbors. We want to do that. What do you anticipate uh, being uh, needs in the future? Or how will St. Paul continue to uh, to serve the, their neighbors in the future? You know, looking ahead, uh, you know, a few months, what are the needs or how will you continue yeah. to serve with just about a minute, Pastor? Yeah, I think the, the rebuilding phase is really going to be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And that'll be really the place where our congregation can follow in the wake of the, these volunteers and their work is, okay, once things get cleared, how do you help people rebuild? And so to be able to provide 
assistance to be able to provide monetary help and also to be able to to provide spiritual guidance for people that in the midst of a disaster there is we do have the revelation of God in his son uh, that says the Lord is with us and he loves us and even in the midst of things we don't understand here's where we turn to here's where we find hope and comfort mm-hmm. Pastor, thank you so much for making time for us today to uh, help us learn about your community and particularly uh, how the tornadoes impacted Paducah, Mayfield, and surrounding community as well. Uh, We really appreciate you spending some time with us on the Coffee Hour today. Yeah, my pleasure to be with you. And want to let our listeners know, if you're interested in learning more about being a Lutheran Early Response Team volunteer, you can visit lcms-lert, that's lcms-lert.org. You can find more information there about being a LERT volunteer, how you can do that in your own district, and then perhaps even serve in a setting like this. Thanks so much for joining us for the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.